talking to some of the best names in contemporary Christian music. This is the Hope FM Artist Interview. And welcome to this week's episode of The Artist Interview, a podcast from Hope FM. And I'm here at Spring Harvest and I'm very pleased to say that we've got well, a very special guest, and I hope that you're going to recognise some of the music that this guy has been involved in. And, and it, I'm going to tell you, it's it's Nick Herbert. But before we introduce him to the show, let's hear this first track. This first track is called Pray. Uh, it's from Worship Central, and it is on the album Mercy Road. So this is Pray. And that was Pray, and I'm very pleased to welcome Nick Herbert to the show. Hey, Nick, how are you doing? I'm doing great. We're here at Spring Harvest. So good to see you, Gordon. And we're in our booth. Yeah. And we're doing this show. It's absolutely so fun. Loads of activity around us. It, it is a great to be back together with the church. I'm just yeah. meeting with loads and loads of people and God yeah. doing great stuff. And there's going to be many stories that people are going to be sharing. But I guess for our listeners... They won't necessarily know very much about Nick Herbert, but they will have probably listened to and enjoyed uh, things that you've created. So um, could you just tell us a little bit about your journey? First, maybe your journey at how you came to be a Christian in the first place and your story from from whatever point you feel is good to jump in on that. We've got a bit of space for this. Yeah, of course. Uh, and also how that then went into to music writing as well. So yeah, yeah far away, Nick. Yeah, of course. Um, and honestly, it's such a joy to be here with you today and um, to share this stuff. and um, I mean, for me, essentially, I didn't grow up as a Christian at all. I didn't come from that background, didn't go to church. And it wasn't till around, I guess, the age of 13, 14, I met some um, some guys in the local park just playing football. And they, they, you know, told me they were Christians and they seemed like nice guys and just hung out with them, played a few games. You know, that was life right then. And... Um, and they eventually managed to persuade me to go on a Christian Bible camp um, called Oasis. Okay. Um, that was, I mean, I don't know how they managed to do it, but I went along. And, and it was there really that I saw other people who were passionate about their faith. They were singing worship songs. They seemed like fairly normal, inspiring people as well. And, and, I, and it was there I thought, actually, you know what? I think this is for me. It's making a lot of sense. Um, and it was at that point I sort of made... A commitment you know sort of filled in a little form said yeah I want to be a follower of Christ and and I probably didn't really totally know what I was doing but I felt like it was the right next step uh, and then and then and then when I got back from this week's bible camp um we went to the local church and it was there that I really encountered God for the first time it was there through worship times that I really experienced I guess the knowledge of the love of God as a father and it was in those moments when in worship times and where I really suddenly realized you know God is real he yeah. is true he's he, he he's he's so much more than just you know um well he is totally in the words of the page but also actually I could experience him and I did and it was an amazing journey I guess from naught to 90 and being in that setting and then I started to you know one of the guys at church he was in a band and you know, this is news to me. I'd never met anyone who was in a band before. Honestly, it was I just played football for the whole of my life. And yeah. then suddenly I met this guy who was a drummer and he was in a band. He said, you know, you can do this stuff. And he put this guitar in my hands and he, and he showed me how to play a D chord. And I'd never played anything before. And instantly I started like finger picking and playing the guitar. And just it felt like something that I was, you know, meant to do. I mean, many people will still tell me today we can tell you've never had any lessons, but <laughs> it was kind of that moment of, wow, this is suddenly making a lot of sense. And then gradually one thing led to another and learning a few worship songs, really simple songs and getting involved as the second guitar player in the band. You know, you had the whole band, you're the guy right at the edge of the stage, hiding behind a music stand, trying to learn these chords. And, yeah. Um, and, and it was experiencing and expressing faith through that moment as well that was incredible for me, which I guess I did that for a while. Um, and then after a while, you know, you gradually get a little bit better and then you end up leading worship. And I remember leading worship for the local church. And What sort of, what sort of flavour of church was it? Um, it was sort of 
charismatic, non-denominational, um, just local fun. Like we we would would be really open to the presence of God, to the Spirit of God, um, those kind of moments. Yeah, a, fa- a fairly modern sort of style of yeah, church. Absolutely, yeah, and and sort of worship free flowing, and um, you know repeating lines quite a lot and yeah, that yeah. kind of thing and it, it was amazing time for me because I think I experienced so much of God in those moments of saying actually this is true this is incredible and then you end up doing something and you feel like actually God's using you in this moment to, yeah. you know so graciously from someone who knew absolutely nothing about this to being in a place of wow suddenly learning these worship songs and leading other people in worship and you realize the graciousness of God to do that kind of stuff in your life. And, um, and I remember as well at, at home at that time, I would, I would sort of finish church and I'd get home and I was just finding that worship was such a powerful, important moment where I could encounter God that every night at, and when I went to bed, I just put on this album of like worship songs that, I mean, it didn't matter what they were, how good they were. You know, nowadays I've been in this, you know, sort of world for a long time. But back then, it, it kind of, it just didn't matter whether I wasn't kind of analysing a song, which is what I do a lot of now. It was, it was simply, I just want more of God. I just want to love him and know him more. And I'd put on these worship songs at night and I'd just lift my hands in the air and i just you know, have some incredible moments of worship and just telling him how grateful I was and just experiencing the presence of God in those moments as well. So it's incredible, really, isn't it? How you can uh, <laughs> be duped into going on a, you know, yeah, a Christian yeah, yeah. camp and then... Well, if it, as if it was meant to be, maybe. Yeah, I, think, I know, Nick, I know, it's so incredible. That's, that's beautiful. And also it's amazing just starting from just being given a guitar and, and told you can do this and then... Yeah. It turns out you can do this, so which is which is a really wonderful thing that someone just opened up by just having faith for you yeah. to be able to really. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. I, and I, I think if someone gave me a guitar, they would very quickly realise you can't do this, and they would <laughs> and they would take it back. So, uh, yeah. but, uh, but everyone's got their different gift sets. So, um, and it's very interesting about you talking about worshiping at home because you said you weren't from a Christian family. So, what age were you when you were putting on these albums and having these worship encounters? So then I'd have been about. 16, 17. What do your parents um, make of it? Well, I mean, you know, um, well, my mum passed when I was 13. I'm sorry. So that. it was just with my dad at that stage and my sister as well. So, um, and I think, on, honestly, I think, and have it now being a parent as well, and I've got kids who are teenagers. Um, How many have you got? I've got two. I've got, um, so Gracie, who's 17, Josiah, who's 14. And I think, honestly, my dad probably at the time was thinking, this is great, you know, because it's quite a positive thing. And it's something that seemed to be having a positive impact on my life. And I think, you know, as a parent, when you see that happening now, I can see that through my eyes now. And you think, yeah, it's amazing. You know, you see see my kids, you know, when they're worshipping or some of them help, lead, you know, they lead worship with me as well, even. And I think you realise what an amazingly positive thing that is. When there are so many other things you could yeah, be doing, of course, of course. that actually, I, I think pretty much, I'm sure my dad was thinking at the time, you know, that's, you know, it's a good thing, you know, he's, good things seem to be happening, you know. <laughs> so it, it took a bit of a um, worry off him, maybe, the fact that you were just chasing yeah, I'm off sure, this God yeah. thing. I'm sure, yeah. Okay. And what, what does he end up making of the God thing? Yeah, I mean, I think he, he's always been really supportive of what I do. Um, and he's always been really... Um, really sort of, um, you know, encouraging towards, you know, the fact that now I work for the church. Um, and I've been doing that for a long time. Um, and, and also I'm a songwriter and I, you know, travel around doing all this stuff. And he's always been super encouraging. And interestingly enough, back at that time, um, it was around that time that, um, you know, my sister then decided to make a commitment because she wasn't a Christian and then she uh-huh. sort, of, sort of saw what was going on and it was it was a it was an amazing moment you know and um I guess everyone's on a journey aren't they and everyone's sort of exploring and on a journey but I just think it's it's incredible what you know God can do in your life and you know you sort of I, th- I think at this, the end of the day it's a very encouraging thing you know for for, for the whole family you know that this is going on and, and like I say being really supportive always wanting to know you know how it's going and what's happening with with church. And yeah, I, I'm just thinking about my own parents because 
my parents, I think, consider all music to be noise, uh, and, <laughs> and, 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 ble- and bless them, I love them very much. But but uh, and uh, but when I was a teenager and I was fifteen, I had I had one Christian album, uh, which was which Graham Kendrick's oh, album that had, uh, Shine Jesus Shine. I honestly put it on every night. That was I didn't know yeah. I didn't know I, I didn't have much Christian sort of contact. It, it was people like helping me and stuff. But I just wanted just to have that as my quiet time, and I would just spend every night. I know I know all the lyrics of all the songs from that album. So um, and, and I mean, if there was ever an album to know the lyrics, you know, from I mean, it's got to be Graham, right? Like he's <laughs> he's such an amazing lyricist. He, he really and is. Even yeah. now, like I'm looking back at a lot of his songs as a songwriter, and you, some of those ones at that time, you think. Wow, incredible lyrics, you know. I mean, and, and still to this, I mean, amazing, you know. Well, they, they really made a way for lots yeah, of other yeah, songwriters Absolutely, as well. absolutely. So um, if you don't recognise the reference, of course, the reference to the song Make Way, Make Way. It, it was um, brilliant, mate. It was brilliant. Um, yeah. Um, so, okay. So, but for yourself, right, so you started leading worship, you were listening to worship songs, you were having these encounters with God. Uh, how did that then progress for you actually writing your own songs? Because there's a big difference between playing someone else's songs and actually writing your own. Yeah, and I think, well, yeah, absolutely. I think what happens is when you're leading worship, you do get to a point where you think, you know, you see all these songs, you're learning all these songs, and then you realise, actually, I just want to express my own song to God. I want to be able to say, look, what came from my heart? What am I seeing in the Bible, you know, that's jumping out at me? And then how can I try and express that somehow and it's such a natural progression for so many worship leaders it doesn't always mean it's easy it doesn't always mean to say you write a great song um but it's a moment where you say i want to have a go at this and i want to express this myself and so i started doing that um the songs were probably truly awful but they were definitely from a place of the heart and you know in terms of whether anyone else sang them it didn't really matter it was just this is what i'm stepping into i just want to tell god how much i love him and um and then what happened? I mean, this is a little bit further down the line, but then I moved to London to study. So where were you before London? So I was in I was in um, a place called Stourbridge, which is just outside Birmingham. Okay. Um, and in fact, I've done the full circle now. I'm back in Birmingham now at Gastry Church. Ah, um, okay. So, but in between those two times, I went to London to study a fine art degree. And it was there where I started going to sort of slightly larger churches in London and um, became a worship leader at one of those. And then... Which one? Um, St. Paul's, Onslow Square. Okay. Um, yep. And started leading some worship down there. And then one of the pastors at the time um, came up to me and, and, and he said, do you write songs? And with a lot of faith and a modicum of truth, I said, yeah. And um, and he said, look, I want to hear some of your songs. So then I went away and um, and actually with a mate, the very same guy who taught me how to play oh, a wow. D chord, who I you know, kept in touch with, he's a really good friend. Um, so what's his name? Give me a Chris. Shout. Yeah, I was like, Chris, come on down. Come on down. Help me. Help me Like write these songs. I've said I can write songs. Come on, let's do it. So we managed to get hold of um, Beautiful Church um, uh, in London. I'm trying to think of the name of it now, but one of these beautiful central London churches. And we recorded and wrote 13 songs in one night. No. Just me and him. And we just got these songs down and... Um, and then I sort of, um, you know, gave these songs to... That must have been the longest night ever. Oh, it was crazy. Songs. I mean, we just rattled them off. We were like, okay, I've got this idea. Let's go. And then I gave um, gave this sort of CD at the time to um, this uh, this pastor and, and I didn't hear anything. You know, did not hear anything. And then after about a few weeks, I went up to him with, a, you know, courage to sort of say, hey, did you hear the songs? And he said, he was quite direct, he said... You know, um, I listened to it three times and I really wanted to like it. <laughs> and it was kind of like, okay. And then he sat down with me and we went through all the songs. And there was one that he said, look, I think we can make this into a song. And he used to be a worship leader. And he was saying, look, I think we can work on this. And then we worked on his song. And that became the first song that I wrote and ended up playing, which was called um, I Find Rest for My Soul, um, based on, I think, Psalm 62, um, uh, which is uh, the opening of that psalm. And and just um, ended up, um, you know, that was the first song I wrote. But then off the back of that and realising, actually, I don't really know what I'm doing. I've got a lot of heart, a lot of passion, and I want to do this. Um, then someone comes along and they guide you and they step in and they say, look, I think you can do this. Come on, let's keep going. And I just started writing and writing and writing. And, um, and then writing songs that we play at St Paul's, which would be 
maybe for Alpha Weekend, you're trying to write a song, or at Christmas, you're trying to write a song for a specific occasion, yeah. trying to express something of what's going on in a local church. Um, and then eventually writing enough songs to release my first sort of, you know, um, album, which is really fun. The church got behind that. They raised money to kind of just get behind this whole thing. And, you know, it was, it was an amazing, amazing um, time, actually. And then my journey from there has been one of, I was doing that for a while, and then I ended up going on this um, Christian summer camp again. So everything for me happens at Christian summer camps, okay? So that's why I'm at Spring Harvest. I'm hoping like yeah. something amazing is going to happen this week. I'm but sure it's going to. Yeah, sure it's, it's, gonna. Already, it's already been brilliant. We've had a great first night. But um, I... I then um, it was really funny. It was it was our church at the time. We did a we did this weekend a week away, um, and we called it sort of rather ironically for the UK, "Fun in the Sun." Okay, and yeah. um, we went away and just did this week of, of worship and teaching ministry in the rain. In the rain, mostly, yeah, and um, pain in the rain. And basically, um, we had um, a visiting worship leader who came along, a guy called David Ruiz. Don't know if you know him. He's part of the Vineyard Movement. Incredible songwriter. Mm. Um, Wrote songs like "I Will Worship with All of My Heart," okay. um, yeah. and and we were in a little prayer gathering halfway through that week, and he came up to me and he just said, "Look, I've, Nick, I've been praying. I really sense this thing for you, which is that you you are going to be a songwriter. You're going to be a co-writer. You're going to be like an, uh, a conductor. And you're going to orchestrate, join people together, and you're going to write songs." And um, it was an amazing, amazing moment because something happened when he said that that kind of instilled a confidence in me to then say, actually, I'm going to reach out to a few people who are really good songwriters and who I really admire and respect. And I'm going to see if they want to write and if they can help me get better at this. Because um, if this is what God's calling me to do, then you have to trust somewhere along the line. You've got to step out. You've got to find the confidence, say, right, I'm going to reach out to a few people. And you never know what's going to come back. But if God's in it, then hopefully something will come back. And I remember reaching out to a couple of people to... Um, Tim Hughes, um, who um, we'd, we'd known each other for a little bit through various events. and But, um, you know, he was like, yeah, great, come and let's write a song. We wrote some songs together. And then um, to Martin Smith as well, we ended up leading worship um, at a wedding together. Wow. And um, it was really Sounds interesting. Like fun. Well, we had a mutual friend who and it was ended up leading worship with Martin and Tim, actually. And and then after that, just getting to know Martin, I, I emailed him and said, "Hey, do you want to? Would it be okay if I, you know, spent some time writing songs, learning from you?" And and um, didn't hear anything for a few days. I, I guess he was checking out to see if I was legit. And then um, no, then it was just like, "Hey, yeah, come on down, spend a couple of days at my house, and we'll write some songs." And it was just just doors open, amazing from stepping out. And you know, I I just think sometimes you've got to trust, haven't you, that if if there is something that God's wanting to do in your life and you have to take the risk as well and step out. And it's not always easy, particularly when you've come from a place of nowhere in this whole world, because, you know, in this, in this Christian, you know, everything going on, these events and everything. And I'd come from none of that. And then suddenly you step into it and it sort of accelerates and you learn your first chord and then suddenly you're leading worship. And then suddenly you get this, someone comes up to you out of the blue and says, I think, you know, you should be doing yeah. this a bit more. Um, you just have to step out and, and trust, you know, particularly with calling. I think it's so important with calling as well. Um, you know, I know many people listening to this today and you're thinking about calling and just really want to encourage you. You know, I think it's so important, whatever you step out, is try and get a sense of the call of God because there will be times when you're discouraged. There will be times when you're encouraged and all the time you can come back and say, no, I remember that yeah, day yeah. when God called me. And, and actually... That's also, I know it's not always as clear as that as well. And even within that, to trust that, you know, if your heart's there to go after that thing, knowing that even if you follow the wrong direction for a bit, I do believe God will make it clear and he'll lead you gently yeah. into green pastures and into the place where we're meant to be and what we're meant to be doing. Wow, I've got to say it's quite an exciting journey that you've been on. Uh, and so you obviously you mentioned Martin Smith and, and Tim Hughes, uh, people that you've done things with. Who else has got open doors up for you to work with them? Um, well, I guess I've worked with loads of people. I mean, my real passion right now, so I, I'll, I'll, I'll answer that, um, but my, my real passion right now is I just, 
I feel my heartbeat is encouragement. So whether I'm working with someone who's maybe people people know, maybe people know them a bit more because they're releasing albums or they're an artist, or if they're just starting out, um, I think my heartbeat is to encourage and try and draw out the gold in anyone, you know, and it's to sort of say, hey, what do I think, what's God doing with you right now as a songwriter, as, a, as an artist, as a worship leader? Um, but it's been really fun, like a couple of songs we're going to hear a bit later on. I mean, um, you know, and I'll talk about it a bit later, but one of the songs, I guess it was a really significant song for me and a really exciting song, and there's a cool story behind it, um, was God's Great Dance Floor, and that was um, with Martin and Chris Tomlin, and um, I think we're going to play it later, so I'll yeah. save a story for yeah, that a bit later. Yeah, yeah. But, um, but yeah, and, and I mean, and, and just loads and loads of people, really, you know, and um, I travel to America quite a bit, and, um, you know, certainly was before, covid you know haven't haven't done so recently but um just these last two years obviously less travel but be writing with lots of different people and artists and, and are you signed to a particular group to write yeah them? with um with capital music publishing so um who are based in nashville okay so yeah and then and then one of the exciting developments actually over these last two years with um i guess lockdown and which does present possibilities as well um, as we sort of imagine a new reality and what we've had to do is, is I've been leading song camps um, in Sounds the UK cool. which has been really fun working with different you know communities churches um, kingdom movements um, and a lot of it on Zoom I'm now doing loads in person and I was doing quite a bit before lockdown anyway but um, which are kind of these capital song camps for the UK whereas um, where we'll spend a day and I'll work with songwriters probably about 10 in a particular community and just really try and um, and just really try and you know write some songs and help and develop people and and impart everything that I've learned on the journey yeah. to help others grow in being songwriters. You know, so let's do the opposite of name drop. Then is there someone at the moment that you've been working with that you know you feel God's going to bring through in, into uh, their work being? Yeah, I mean, I think one of the most exciting things for me right now is. Um, you know, I'm obviously part of Gastry Church and Gastry Music, and one which of which is in Birmingham, isn't in it? In Birmingham, yeah. And one of my, so my job title actually there, and I work part time for the church, is um, I'm the prayer pastor and the songwriting developer. Wow! So unusual church title. I know, I know, I know. I think they're just trying to find a role for me. They're very sweet, but no, no, it's been it's been amazing actually. And um, and what I'll do is is I'm working with all our up and coming songwriters. Um, so we've got some amazing people coming through and just recently every Friday at my house, I've kind of got a writing room at my home, um, I'll say to anyone who's around as part of our community, of part of the core group of these new, young, exciting worship leaders and say, hey, come on over. We're just going to write some songs and develop. So there's some amazing people. Um, there's Taku, who's one of our songwriters, worship leaders. You'll see him appearing on, featuring on various um, songs. Um, there's Millie. Um, who she's going to sing one of the songs we've got coming up. Um, Lee Ferguson. Today, yeah, absolutely brilliant. And she's doing worship with me this week as well. Um, Zoe, and there's a whole bunch of them, and you'll see them on Gas Street. If you go and check out Gas Street Music, um, and you'll see all these names coming through, and they're just an amazing group of people who I get the privilege to sort of spend some time trying to unlock the treasure and the gold in their yeah. hearts and say, you know, and I guess using a bit of my experience to sort of try and find out what they're really trying to say and then work together with them and, and quite often as well they'll bring something I think wow that's sensational you know <laughs> how can I complement that um, so I think a lot of these guys coming up and through Gastry has been absolutely yeah brilliant I'm loving that so so the next track we're going to play is is called Yours and that's a, a Gastry track and with, with Leland and Millie Ferguson. Yeah, that's right, yeah. So can you tell us the backstory to, to the track Yeah, of yours? course. So, um, yeah, I mean, so as a creative, um, you're always on this kind of journey. You can read tons of books about this where it's a bit of a roller coaster emotionally, you know, highs and lows. I think that's what it is often to have a creative heart and you have these seasons when it feels like everything you touch seems to be incredible and you're seeing God move and other seasons where you're sort of questioning your own sense of, actually, God, did you call me to do this? You know, what's going on? And just trying to find inspiration. And, you know, I hope that relates to some of you listening out here, maybe in whatever role or whatever walk of life you're in. 
Um, but I remember this particular season I was going through. It was it was one of those sort of more fallow times where you feel like, oh, you know, this is quite hard at the moment, and I'm finding it quite a struggle um, writing songs and just just Lord, you know, that desperation that comes when you really want to do something that's going to be um, just have a real impact and. And also the frustration of you can't necessarily have a formula to do that. There's a, there are tools and things you can use yeah. in creativity, but at the end of the day, it, it, you know, what makes something great is, is we're all chasing it and also all praying for it and also saying, actually, we don't know what it is really. It's, well, it's obviously God doing his thing. and But it's, you know, it was one of those times when I was just, it, it felt like a bit of a fallow time. I was probably questioning a bit around what I was doing with the songwriting and I remember I as my prayer pastor role and this is where prayer plays such a beautiful role in creativity as well I I organized this really random prayer meeting on a Thursday evening at our church and I hadn't done this kind of meeting before it was a it was just hey we're going to get the intercessors together people to pray together just to pray for anything in the world and we've got this, this beautiful couple who lead our intercessory team that I oversee and I said, look, you lead the evening, we'll have a bit of worship, and let's just, we just need to pray right now. So we got about, this was just before um, lockdown, and, you know, probably, you know, six months before lockdown. And um, and at this prayer meeting, we did some worship, and then we prayed for some things. We prayed for like 40, 40 people in this room on a Thursday night. That's, well, it's not a bad number. For no, a no, it was great. Program. No, it was great. It was really funny, particularly one-off random meeting that hadn't advertised properly. Um, and they, and they were praying for like the world and various things. And I said, right, I think we've come to the end now. Um, let's wrap up. And and the guys leading the prayer meeting said, no, no, we were praying earlier, and there was one more thing we really felt we needed to pray for today. And they turned around and pointed at me and went, you. <laughs> we really feel God. We we really feel that God wants to speak to you. And, you know, want to pray for you. Um, so then I sort of opened my hands, closed my eyes, and 40 people descended, you know, sort of marking me with oil and praying their best prayers. And it was an incredible moment. And and actually, um, out of this wonderful sort of chaos, um, someone quoted um, one of the Psalms. And uh, it was all about, it was from, I think, the Passion Translation, but it was all about, you know, the enemy doesn't stand a chance, you know, because, you know, you're gods, you know, you're gods, and this kind of thing. And, and I went home and I, I was just, I was really affected by that and they had no idea I was kind of feeling this kind of sense of this fallow season kind of yeah. moment. I went home, I was, it, it, I knew that God had spoken to me and the next morning I just got up and we've got this um, sort of three-quarter size piano in our writing room. I just sat at the piano and I got this psalm out and I started just just playing these chords and I wrote this, um, just instantly it just all flew out of me, this idea of you know, the enemy stands in front of me no they don't stand a chance the mountain that towers over me it melts within your hands for I am yours I am yours I'm loved by the king of kings and and I was literally bawling my eyes out like tears flowing this just sense of um you know knowing again the thing that we need to know every day you know that this is who you say I am you know God this is who I am in your eyes and I'm yours and 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 those things come to oppose and you know those voices that come inside your head saying you know good at this or whatever actually when you know again that you are his that you're loved by the king of kings it kind of cuts through all of that and then you have this confidence again to rise up and it's funny how out of that moment I guess this song came and then we went on a songwriting retreat and um, with Gas Street Music and um, Leland was our special guest he came along and even really interestingly we were down to write in a session and we'd just been chatting before we went into the session about writing a completely different song and i'd totally forgotten about this song yours that i'd started yeah. and as soon as we walked into the room i sat at the piano and i don't know why but in my mind this song came back and and i just started oh there is this other thing i've got and i think there's something really good about it and i just started playing it literally the guys in the room we just jumped on it written really quickly done all took and off. then and then and actually funny enough little story final story before you hear it but um leland sang the demo 
and then when we recorded it properly, um, Millie sang the lead vocal and, and we got Leland in. But actually, we just used his vocal from the demo because it was so good. Wow. Um, that we didn't need to... I know this isn't a music show specifically, but yeah. it was an amazing... It Just something on it in that moment came into the song. So I hope you enjoy it. Oh, thank you very much indeed, Nick Herbert, for that wonderful introduction to a great song. This is yours. was yours from Gastric Music uh, featuring Leland and Millie Ferguson and we still got Nick Herbert with us for the answers into here on Hope FM and our partner stations worldwide thanks Nick for all that you've shared so far that's a pleasure it's been an amazing journey to hear it would be wonderfully happy to pray right now for listeners at home who maybe for themselves they're thinking well that's inspirational maybe they think that hasn't happened to me whatever but it would be great if you would just pray for God to come yeah of course thank you yeah let's pray Father, I want to thank you today that you know the treasure that is deep within our hearts and you long for us to find that and you want to call it out of us. And I pray for those today who are running in their calling. They know that they sense the smile of God and the pleasure of God over them in what they're doing. And I pray you continue to bless the work of their hands, give them wisdom, that you would watch over them, that they would... um, be nothing less than everything that they are called to be. Speak to them today about if there's areas even within that calling which are unexplored yet and areas that they can step into to maximise all that you want to do through them. And Father, I also want to pray for those today who maybe are struggling with that sense of call, maybe feel like, you know, has this passed me by? And I want to pray that they would know the comforter today, the Holy Spirit comforting in their heart, know the reassurance and confidence that you are watching over them, that you have a plan and a purpose that is good. And I pray, Father God, that you give them um, just enough confidence and courage to step out, to step on, and whether they hear you clearly or not, to know that even if they step in the wrong direction, you will pick us up and you will lead us to where you want us to be. I pray, Father God, whether we're so overwhelmed with choices and options as well, that within all of that, you give us the courage and confidence to step and just put one foot in front of the other and be focused and go after the things of the kingdom of God to make a difference upon the earth in these days in our lifetime. We thank you, Father God. Amen. 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 Thank you so much, Nick. And if you're listening at home and you're not really sure what church is all about, what God's all about, just encourage you to pop on to www.findachurch.co.uk because there are many great churches would love to help you find more of God's love. And of course, there's the Alpha course as well, which is a great way to explore the Christian faith with other people as well who are looking into it. Uh, normally involves a meal, free of charge. Lots of churches are running those. So just search up the Alpha course on Google. I'm sure you better find one near to where you are. Great. That's the drum kit out there. So <laughs> just to say, for, for people who are listening, if you can hear background noise, that's because we're in the main exhibition hall here at Spring Harvest in Minehead, having an absolutely wonderful time. There is so much activity around us. Uh, it's a real joy seeing people having fun and finding out about lots of organisations just outside the booth right now. I can see some street pastors chatting away to, to some kids. And it just looks like, you know, it's one of those moments where God's doing things all around the place. Mm. So, so Nick, I just just question about... The people that you're working with, I guess there's other people maybe listening who are going, I wish I had that opportunity or they want the opportunity. And you mentioned that you previously did things over Zoom, helping people to pick up yeah. their skills. If people are listening at home and they're thinking, I, I want to, I've started, I'm not very good. I want to try and hone this craft a bit more and see if it's something that actually God has for me. Uh, what would your suggestion be? Who, can, can they go to your website and find you and, and ask for information yeah. or what? Yeah, no, absolutely. You can go to my website. It's Nick Herbs, Nick Herbs. 
com. So you can kind of find me there. Um, loads of people just call me Herbs. So that's oh. the that's the kind of um, bigherbs.com. Yeah, exactly. And then um, you can go there and you can reach out. Um, basically, I do a couple of things in that respect. Um, so I do sort of one to one mentoring for songwriting, and um, you can reach out and can chat more about how that works. Um, and, and what tends to happen with that is um, someone might, you know, for sort of 75 minutes, just play me the songs they've got and then I will feed back and help them make those songs better or, or just maybe help just encourage them where they are and where they could be and maybe show the things that aren't working and really, really help someone get, get better, I guess, in those ways. And that's that's really key when you can spend some concerted time with someone. The other way, of course, are the song camps I've mentioned. And again, you can reach out there or you can go on Instagram, Nick Herbs one um, and you can just find me on Insta and, and basically DM me and I'll reach out to you as well and we can chat. And, and song camps work really well if you either get together with a couple of churches in your local area and you think, look, maybe there's only five creative people that I know in my church and that could be me, the other worship leader, maybe a few of the musicians... Um, or maybe one of the speakers and they've got a desire to bring some lyrics into a song. And then you get with maybe another church who you could partner with and get five more people because these tend to work really well these days with about 10 upwards. You can have as many as you want, but about 10 people works really well as a minimum. And um, and you get five from another church. Reach out, we'll find a Saturday. Um, I could come down and I'll spend a day and just basically I'll do a bit of teaching on songwriting and then we'll split you into different groups and I go round the groups and I just see how you're developing songs and I'll really feed in and draw out the gold and find out mm. who you are because so much of songwriting, it's not just really about a song and the end product. It's about the singer, the person who's writing, the person who's got the message in their heart. And that's where I come into you know play, I guess, is I get to work out who you are a little bit um, and who your community is as well and the kind of song. So I would work with churches as well who um, they might be thinking, look, we really want to write an EP of five songs and it's time now. God's doing something in our community. And then they would get me to come in and I would just help them really maximise those songs okay. where they might have songs that are kind of like 80% great. You know, I might say, look, if you just do this and do this, it's just going to make it last a bit longer and it's going to be, you know, something that you can sing bit more widely um i think at a personal level if you can't do either of those things i would encourage you create contexts where um freedom and failure can flourish i think that's yeah. really key i think fa- failure is a really interesting one because i knew you spoke earlier on about the fact that you, you'd done this album and you'd given it to this guy it, yeah. i think full of faith and hoping that yeah, he was going to yeah. say it was great yeah. and he said he listened to it three times and he wanted to like it, but yeah. but but probably he didn't like it that much. But, yeah. but but rather than you going, oh, I'm I'm rubbish, I'm pants, I can't do it, and giving up, it sounded like that was a moment actually where he was able to encourage you further on yeah. how to take what you've got and build upon it. And yeah. and so so maybe there's people listening who've who've tried and gone, oh, I can't do this. But it's not that they can't do it; it's that they haven't yet got the right skill set and the, the, yeah. the process to be able to do that. And we've got to be honest, some people are called to be songwriters and you can see, you know, the nucleus of something yeah. there. And others, it is about giving it a go. And even on the song camps, I say that sometimes this is about trying to work out your calling. Like you give it a go and you realise, you know what, actually when I look at it, this just isn't for me, but I've, I, I, I love it. And, I'm, I, and if that's what comes out of a day... Brilliant. Yes, it's Brilliant. not, it's not a know. failure to find out you're no, not called to no, something, it's is it? Not, that's, that's, it's not. That's and actually, great. if we can do that, brilliant. Um, that's as important. But I think as well with a lot of this stuff, and maybe in life in general, I would really encourage you, if you've given this a go, or maybe it's not uncommon, you've had some bad feedback and it's cut, cut, you know, cut you a little bit and you're going to like, ah. Yeah. I think it's really important with this stuff to, if you really want to do it, well, one, I think you've got to have a heart that's not easily offended. You've got to be able to say, I really believe in something, and at any moment I'm happy to just drop it and go in a different direction. You know, I heard this recently from um, a songwriter saying, you have to walk into a room if you're going to write with a few other people, and you have to bring an idea that you think this is the best idea in the world. And then within 30 seconds, if someone brings a better idea, you go, no, that's better. Let's go with that one. 
And I'm going to just leave that one there for a minute. Who knows when it could be right? It could be for another day. I, I believe personally nothing's wasted. But it's that kind of flexibility. It's like water creativity it just runs and flows to the lowest place all the time so you have to just be very very flexible and and that requires a little bit of saying you know what I'm bringing what I've got I think it's good I believe it's good but if someone says it's not that's fine by me I'm gonna keep going you know and and that's hard and some people are suited to that a bit better than others but that's why if you're doing that in your local context where you're creating a context. And it's like that with anything, isn't it? If you want to maybe step out and worship a bit more in your local context, and you're thinking, well, we we play a few songs, but we'd love to have it a bit more free-flowing. Well, how are you going to do that? Well, you have to find a context where freedom and failure can flourish. But it's okay to step out and do something different and to realise we got that wrong. But that's okay, we're learning, we're on a journey. It's the only way we are going to learn and grow. So, And it's like that with songwriting as well. You need people around you who can tell you, yeah, that's good, it's okay, like, got anything else? I remember, I remember the first, um, I remember meeting Tim Hughes, who we talked about earlier. He's yeah. now my pastor. But um, this was way back in the day. I remember meeting him and going to his house, and I'd stored up kind of 10 song ideas which is wise by the way you know because you want to go into any right with a load of ideas and options don't don't have just one yeah don't put a pressure point on something which people often do um and had all these ideas and i'll never forget i played tim the first song very graciously he went have you got anything else and then i played the next song it was like yeah it's great anything else and i think it was about the fifth song in i ended up playing him this idea um it's actually called jesus saves and he went, oh, I like that. That's really, really good. I like this idea. And we just wrote it. And, and actually, it was amazing, the story of that song. It ended up, um, you know, someone covered it in America and <laughs> going on radio in America. and yeah. all. But, it, but that came from a moment where I played five ideas and said, and, you know, and, and had to hear someone say, yeah, it's kind of good. Have you got anything else? It's because, I guess, and even the longer I get into this stuff, I've realised none of us are really good judges at this. Do you know what? That, I think you're absolutely right. Getting other people's opinion is so, so helpful well, on, on all sorts of walks in life, but particularly this one. So yeah. I was speaking to the guy who wrote How Great Is Our God? Yeah. And he didn't like it. And he was, he'd binned it, basically. And it was other people saying, no, no, that's good. Yeah. And, and picking it up and running with yeah. it that actually made it become a song that the church has sung it's worldwide. Amazing. Yeah, I sang so, it last night in Venue too. I mean, you think that is the way it is we're just not good judges at this stuff and 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 honestly the other side of it is what can feel like trash one day can feel like treasure the next and and vice versa you know you can bring an idea you write a song and i've written with people all over the world and you can um write a song and if you walk out of the room and think that feels amazing and then a couple of days later, you, you pick it up and think, it, it wasn't quite as good as I remember it. <laughs> you know, it was brilliant in the moment, maybe because we're having such a great time yeah, in the yeah. moment. And then you realise, mm, yeah, it was, it was, it's good. Like, it's good, but there's probably another 20% we can take it. So, um, and then again, the true test with all this stuff is really the congregation. You know, so it's then taking a song... I mean, we're talking songs now, I guess, but taking a song into a congregation and seeing what they do. Yeah. You know, do they worship with it? And so often, that's what these songs are for, you know, and you think so often you, you can write a song and, and actually that's the way I write a lot now is we'll write and then we'll try, we'll sort of try a song, we'll see, see what happens, you know, see if people like it. And it's amazing sometimes you realise, oh no, instantly you realise, no, that bit doesn't work. Yeah, and when you hear what the church does, and then you hear other bits, no, that bit works really well, and oh, if we we need to change that because people really sang that and we get it and we understand, and I think that's really important as well because I, I guess another thing on this is is I'm a big believer in in kind of the groundswell, you know, and, and the, the voice of the people, and where are people going? What are they doing? What's God doing in their lives? And I think so often it's easy to come. Um, particularly as a worship leader or in a role like this and it's easy to sort of be top down and like I'm going to, you know and you've got to bring leadership to things of course Yeah. but there are moments when you have to sort of step back and go what is God doing amongst the people and his people and that applies especially um, that applies especially to um, to, you know uh, 
where sometimes maybe something's happened in the world that week yeah. and you're coming with a worship set and then you see and the, the, the sort of the nature of people in a room and what's going on with them and you realize actually no where I'm where I'm going is not where people are at right now and I need to go where people are at and what God's doing in their lives yeah, yeah, that being sensitive to that to that moment. Yeah, that was my son, by the way, who just was walked it, past. Yeah, it, was, it, was, it was nice to wave to a yeah, random person. He, he, I was I was mid flow, and we, we slightly stopped because <laughs> he gave me a big thumbs up through the window. Yeah, well, that, but that's nice, isn't it? Oh, so lovely! The fact, the yeah. fact that your son came to come and say hi to you it, yeah. it, it is pretty cool. So, listeners at home, you missed out on an opportunity to wave there. Yeah, to, yeah to, absolutely, to absolutely. So, but anyway, no, okay. Um, in fact, actually, probably one of the the moments in worship that. Uh, for the wrong reasons I most remember would be one time where uh, it was a youth band playing and they weren't particularly experienced but they were doing they were doing the best job they could it was, it was good but um, but then the the, the 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 leader of the pastor of the church got up and he said church you know what for this next song I just feel that we should all really dance we should all really go for it and we should just let, let's give it our, our all and our best which was a great encouragement um, but, uh, but the, unfortunately the next song that the youth band had rehearsed was not at all a dancey song, and it was yeah, yeah. the most static song you could almost yeah, yeah, play. Yeah. But a really responsive moment. But um, and because they were youth band, not very experienced, they had practiced their set. They knew exactly what they were going to play, and then they looked at each other and then played the song that yeah, they had rehearsed because yeah. they couldn't they couldn't yeah. take it elsewhere. Which was it was it was one of those moments where you go, I wish the pastor had found out what the song was because yeah, yeah, they couldn't they couldn't absolutely. go into the moment. But it but it, everyone's everyone's got to uh, when they're in that sort of situation just just go with what they can they can bring. Talking about in worship, when uh, when you're in that flow, but also trying to be sensitive what's going on, how do you actually manage to balance that? Because you've already got all the stuff that you've practiced in your rehearsal and the rest of it. And it's quite a tough thing to suddenly change and segue to a different moment. Yeah. So what advice do you have in that situation? Yeah, I mean, that's really good. And I think you've picked up on it already, which is communication is key between maybe whoever's hosting the moment and whoever's leading worship and senses they have I, I i tend to feel i mean i mean my starting point for any gathered moment is we've not come to pull off a great meeting we've come to meet with god and therefore that requires moments where we have to say and in fact we've got a new song um that's coming out in a couple of weeks time um a week friday well i don't know when this is coming out but the 29th of april and um, it's called Come and Have Your Way. And one of the, it's a gas street song, and one of the um, lines in the bridge says, shake up the plans that we've made. You know, shake up the plans that we've made. And I think more than ever before, we need to steward and host moments in gatherings where we're open to that very thing. You know, shake up the plans that we've made. And so whilst it's great to have a set list, and I think as a worship leader, it's really important. And and the the best spontaneity, I believe, comes from a place of great preparation. Uh So you all know what you're doing. But then also, if you go off piste, you go somewhere else, then you have a structure and a plan. And and I think, and I've often felt like worship leading, and I I read this um, a while ago in a great book by a guy called Bob Sorge. I think that's how we've got Bob Sorge, but um, something like that. He's, but I love his writing on worship. And he's got this book about the river and this idea of the river in worship. And he uses this great analogy where he gives you this idea of a worship set that's like a river. And you think about the way a river meanders. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yet so often our worship sets are quite linear. And you imagine a line sort of cutting through all of that meandering but you're actually not in the river. You're going through, you know, on going your on course. Hot, you're going over hard ground at yeah, that point. Yeah, and you're it. missing, you're missing. So I don't know if you've ever felt like that, where you've been in a worship moment and you have moments where you think, wow, this feels incredible. We're in the river. They're in the river moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then suddenly, three minutes later, four minutes later, you think, where did that go? How, how are we out of the river now? So I think training up worship leaders to know how to flow in the river is really, really key. And training up people who can host who know how to flow in the river. And again, it's a mystery. I, I, anyone who says they're an expert, I also, I also think, you know, okay, cool, we're all learning. But at the same time, um, I think it's really key more than ever to know how to steward the moments as well um, when we gather together that aren't the songs, that aren't the... You know, it's in between. Anyone can kind of... If you're in these bands these days and... People have got really good at being really good. We can 
we can sing songs and you know we can present a good song but it's what you do in between the songs how do you steward those moments what do you say what do you pray what is right to do in those moments if nothing at all you know and therefore i think when it comes to spontaneity and an example like the one you've given i mean if it was me i would just launch in and you think or i would name it i'd say the only song we've got i'd actually be honest and just say hey the only song we've got is this um 10,000 reasons now i can either we can up the bpm and do a dancing <laughs> version you know but this is what we got but more often than not i'd say well look if I'm with a good set of musicians, and a lot of that depends on that for that specific thing. So in a, in a venue like this week, where I've got a great band around me, um, I would just turn around and say, hey, you know, put a click on in the ears, which is 128 BPM, which is typically 128. It's like where people jump up and down in a really okay, yeah. safe space. Um, and it's not awkward. I'd say, and just get the kick drum going. I'll just sing something new. Let's just go, well, you know, and just try okay. something and respond to the moment. Because... You know, we have to get to a place, don't we, as well in our worship where it's okay if we look a bit foolish and it's not about us. And, you know, you get to a place with this stuff where it just can't be about reputation. It's got to be about actually, you know, what we're going after, what God's doing. If someone really feels this is a dancing moment and we're all on board, well, that's what we've got to do. You know, but I think the way you set it up is key as well. And yeah. I think that's important. I also, as well as leading worship, I host a lot of things Um and I'm really keen, I think, with the whole thing of encounter and explanation, that if you're going to take people somewhere, it's really important to explain it. Not to kill the moment with words and say too much, because I think that can happen as well, but to try and create a sp- safe space where you say, look, this is what we're going to do, this is why, and let's go after it. And also use humour, because people need a bit of humour. You know, when you're in these moments, to actually name the reality. You know, So, for instance... In that moment, if it was me, I'd probably say, okay, let's go for it. Are we all up for this? And probably what you get from the congregation is a kind of cricket, you know, clap <laughs> or a kind of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, I, and I'd probably then just say, well, thanks for that positive response. And everyone would just laugh, you know, and we yeah. just, okay, let's go, let's you know. And I think that's important when it comes to hosting, leading, um, is to just name the reality sometimes. You know, this is a little bit awkward are we up for it? Let's go. Let's yeah. see what happens. See you on the other side, you know, kind of thing. Well, at least it's not the conga. You know? Yeah, well, like, are you down on the conga? <laughs> so, actually, I haven't done one for a while. Talking, you know, maybe tonight could be your conga could night. Be venue two, spring yeah, harvest, it, if you're there. It's going to be awesome. So, uh, but just, just you mentioned funny things. Have you got a story from when you're leading worship, which didn't necessarily go to plan and ended up being quite comical? Oh my gosh. Um, I've got a lot. I mean, we so we do this thing at church called Kingdom Come. And these are evenings. And in fact, if you're looking to step into some of this stuff, the spontaneity, you know, going off script a bit, it's a really good model because it takes the pressure off a Sunday. But we do these things from time to time. We stretch ourselves spiritually. I mean, loads of people come along. We'll be in the rounds, on the floor with the band. And we basically have a rule um, on these nights which is we're coming to worship God. We're going to start by waiting and asking the Spirit of God to inspire us. And like Psalm 98 says, sing a new song to the Lord. The only rule tonight for the next hour and a half is we can't sing a song you've ever heard before. Wow. We have to just sing a new song. And they've been some of the most incredible evenings where new songs have come from the congregation, from the band. And in fact, a lot of our songwriting starts from those nights, the songs that we sing on those nights. But of course, there are moments when it goes horrendously wrong. And um, often I'm hosting those nights. And I remember one, you know, they, they lead to a lot of prayer ministry. There was one moment when we had the students and, and they, there was a real call for students to receive prayer. And there's this beautiful, gentle moment of prayer ministry. And and it was going on for a while. And, and I don't know why. I just felt like there was a moment when the drummers were going to just get something going on the drums and we actually had two drum kits that night so I said to the drummers like hey just start something going I think I think there's a new song coming through the drums and at the same time all these people were receiving this very gentle ministry and um and I said you know hey we're gonna go after this now and 
but you know when the church just doesn't go with you because God is doing something else. And I was going after this thing with these drums. So these drummers start playing and I'm like, come on, louder, louder, like get going, you know, like yeah, people yeah. aren't with us. And I, I soon realised this is an absolute mess. Like these drummers are drumming, but people are receiving this gentle ministry. This has gone horribly wrong. Oh. And then I did what I tend to do in those moments, which is I then walked to the back of the room and completely disassociated myself <laughs> with anything else going on. I just let it happen. I think I remember turning around to someone and going, this is a waffle, isn't it? You know, oh, and, yeah. um, and eventually someone stopped this thing and I was like, oh my gosh. But there are loads of moments like that where sort of step out, you try stuff and it just isn't right. And, you know, and that, but that's the only way we grow. That's yeah. the only way we grow. You realise, you know what? And I'm at a place... I think with a lot of this and with the team we have, because we know each other really well, I think in a place where we just feel okay with the fact that we're just trying to follow God because we just want to get better at doing that. Yeah. You know? And yeah. that means there are going to be absolute car crash moments. Yeah, try, try stuff and if it goes wrong, yeah. well, uh, you've tried stuff. And, that, yeah. and, and some of the stuff you try, that God's going to be right in. And if you don't try stuff and step out into it... Yeah. And we've had incredible moments as well. I mean, I remember at one of these... Um, you know, the band was singing a new song, probably about 300 people in the room. And this girl came up to me and she said, um, I think I've got a song. And this happens. I, I open the door for that. I explain it all. I say, come and find me if you've got anything. I said, well, look, let them die down when they finished. You just jump on the mic and sing your song. Never heard her sing before. Um, she got up on a mic, sang this kind of four-line refrain that was beautiful, beautiful. And the whole of the church latched on and the band caught on that's how we kind of do it is everyone once something's going everyone kind of supports it and everyone got going and it was a beautiful moment and at the end of the gathering I got her back up and I said hey just tell everyone how old you are and she's like I'm, I'm 14 14 and so a 14 year old she, she just had a spontaneous song that led the whole church in worship it's beautiful and just moments like that and you know it's been incredible so I guess people at home so they've, they've heard you say you're from Gas Street Church in Birmingham but they may not know what flavour that is, because you said originally you were from um, sort of a non-denominational, charismatic sort of church. What 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 flavour is Gas Street Church? Yeah, Gas Street C of E. So we're we're so church, church of England. Of England. Yeah, church of England. I think some people might be surprised actually hearing that because some people do have a perspective of the Church of England maybe being more conservative end of things. But there's such a broad spectrum, isn't there? Yeah, absolutely. The yeah, and we meet in. I mean, the whole thing is we meet in um, this amazing kind of. Um, it used to be called the Gas Works back in the day. So it's this red brick kind of, um, you know, huge sort of factory-like building. And it's been renovated. It, it's just, you know, it, it looks so modern and you come in and it just feels really informal. And um, and definitely, you know, that would be us, you know, kind of our gatherings sort of feel like that. But we also do a communion at one of our other sites. And we have sort of all sorts of ranges of things going on. Um but yeah, we're just seeking to follow after God, see what he's doing. So so Tim Hughes is the main leader of church. Tim, Tim, he's yeah, Tim and Rachel, yeah. And is, so is Tim Hughes a vicar then? Yeah, he is, yeah, he's ordained. And ordained I, as a vicar. Um, what about yourself? Are you... No, I'm not, but my wife is. Your wife? So your my wife, Ali, and she's here hosting with me in Venue 2. And yes, yeah, so Ali's um, currently the curate at Gas Street. So um, yeah, and she's been... Um, yeah, been to St. Melitus Bible College and yeah. studied. And yeah, so um, yeah, she, she's great at telling me if the songs are correct, you know, theologically. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just well, making sure. That's always helpful. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. Absolutely. Well, wonderful. Well, I've got to say, I've really enjoyed all that you've shared so, so far. And we've got one more song, which is um, going to be God's Great Dance Floor. An yeah. absolute epic banger of a track, yeah, if you don't yeah. mind me saying. Tell, tell us very Thank quickly you. the story behind that. Yeah, the story behind that was um, one day I was sitting at my keyboard. And I don't play keys, you know. I mean, I do now a bit, but this was this was um, a little while ago. And and I remember someone saying to me about songwriting, you know, the most interesting things happen when you come to the end of yourself. Um, so I thought, I'm I'm so used to playing guitar, I'm going to sit down with a keyboard and just see and just mess around. And I was messing around, literally with no knowledge of this instrument, and came out with this riff that you might know, if for those of you who know God's Great Dance Floor. If, if they don't know, they're going to yeah, hear it in a yeah, second. Yeah, and... Um, and it has this riff that kind of goes throughout the song. And then I ended up doing a writing session with Martin Smith and said, I think there's something really good about this. It feels like a dance song. And he had this phrase, God's great dance floor. We worked on it a bit. Then he worked on it with Chris Tomlin. And um, anyway, it got recorded by Chris. And um, what was really fun is 
is that um, then it, they, I heard that it was going to be played at Passion, the event that happens in Atlanta at the start of every year. Yeah. At the Atlanta Dome with like, I don't know, 60,000 students. Big. It's huge. It's, it's, it's amazing. Absolutely. I've been over. It's amazing. And, um, and I said, look, they're going to live stream it. So, you know, go on at this time, you'll see the song. And I remember sitting in my kitchen with my wife, Ali, and we put on this live stream and, and the chords came on, you know, the, the start, because the, they start the song, it's a da, 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 you know, kind of thing. And this cheer went up and like 60,000 people jumping up and down, these students like dancing. And, and I remember sitting there in the kitchen and, and then looking around at this keyboard, you know, that was, it was, it's a Casio keyboard. It's like this really, like really old rubbish keyboard. Yeah. I looked around, I was like, then I looked back and I looked around and it was kind of like one of those scratch your head moments where you think, God, how can me fiddling around not knowing what I'm doing, but just getting a sense and an emotion for something, suddenly I'm watching it with 60,000 students jumping up and down. It's the most beautiful thing in the world. And I just want to encourage you, like, you know, I know I do this for a profession, but Honestly, most of the great stuff is a happy mistake. Most of the great stuff is just following your feeling, following emotion, following, you know, what you sense deep down. It feels like there's something good there. And I want to encourage you, if you're stepping into this stuff, follow the feeling, step, you know, go after the things that matter, the things that you sense, even if it feels messy, even if it feels incomplete, even if it feels like you're inadequate. Actually, I hope this story and this song encourages you that actually one day, you know, you might see something happen like that. Wow, absolutely fantastic story. Thanks so much, Nick, for sharing. This is the song you wrote in your kitchen, by the sounds of things. <laughs> God's Great Dance Floor by Chris Tomlin. God bless you. Bye. Some of the best names in contemporary Christian music. This is the Hope FM Artist Interview.